Well, kia ora, good afternoon. You are on the panel rather early this afternoon. It is um, 3.38. Uh, we have had a bit of a technical problem here. So um, the one of our uh, computers have crashed. So here I am, Wallace Chapman, and it is absolutely wonderful to be with you. RNZ's the panel. Now, just an update here, um, traffic update. Uh, State High 59, Pakakariki northbound. There's been a crash. Now, the road is blocked near the intersection of Pakakariri Hill Road. Do, do pass with care and follow the indications by emergency services on site. Also, State Highway 94, Taano to Milford Sound, Southland. Due to expected snow, chains must be carried from 6pm tonight on State Highway 94 between Taano and Milford Sound. Uh, wonder what have you come to. By the way, I am away uh, Next week, uh, because little junior, I am uh, going to be uh, playing uh, dinosaurs with him all week. I'm going to be making creations, doing all sorts of stuff. I've got a very, very special guest that I want to introduce very, very shortly. Uh, he's a person that you may or may not know, and he has chosen. I always choose the power ballad, one of my favorite things to do all week. I am going to be giving over the power ballad to a particular person, and we're early. Why don't I just introduce him now? Could you please welcome to the panel Guy Espiner? Thank you, Wallace. Oh, this is the way we do it, huh? That's right. That's right. Five it's minutes all... earlier than you are. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's what they say about broadcasting, isn't it? Like uh, the mistakes is, is uh, when you know you're broadcasting. All the rest is just reading scripts. Uh, so it's quite good it? to, to, to be here a, as a guest, and it'll be pretty exciting for me to be hosting the panel next week. School holidays is always a bit of a stretch, isn't it? I'll probably bring my uh, nine-year-old in here as a, as a bit of a school holiday activity, uh, take her into uh, uh, Radio New Zealand and, and set it down in front of a screen yes. and see what damage she, she can do. A screen? <laughs> a screen? Well, keep it up. Well, yeah, that could provide some uh, some interesting panel discussions um, yeah. in, in itself, could, totally. couldn't it? Um, but, um, yeah, no, really looking forward to, oh, to, to next week. And looking forward to my uh, power ballad today. Um, uh, I hope it's good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest with you because I have high Can standards. Can you have a good power ballad? Oh, I don't know, Wallace. I mean, <laughs> they are essentials, though, especially in this Auckland gloom at the moment well, you with can... the rain coming down <laughs> and uh, RNZ technology crashing. Oh, <laughs> now, also, will you please welcome uh, Ed Armand? He is with the comedian Kira Ed. Um, How's it going? Can I just say just how wonderful you look uh, this afternoon? Am I allowed to say that? Oh, yeah, I look really, really handsome. And um, uh, the reason that I'm wearing this, I, I be, I, I've been meeting some friends because recently, yesterday, there was Eid. And uh, it's the second Eid that happens in the year. And that it, it coincides with the Hajj pilgrimage. And yeah, family gets together, mm. eats a lot of food. It's a good time for human Muslims, not a good time for goats and cows because right. uh, they get, you know, they, they get slaughtered. So um, there's a lot of meat. They get sacrificed uh, following the tradition of Abraham. So, you Can know. you explain, and uh, like, I don't know whether or not you're on Instagram, but if you are on Instagram or Facebook, I've posted a picture of you and I. Can you explain to the listeners what you're wearing? So I'm, I'm wearing the traditional shalwar kameez, which is uh, the first layer of clothing that I'm wearing. Most people would know it's, uh, it's just some loose pants and also a longer kind of a shirt. Um, on top of that, I'm wearing a 
uh, a West, which is a checkered, uh, checkered West, which is a very common way to dress for a politician in Pakistan. And right. yeah, and, and also I'm wearing a Patani topi, which is a warm hat, uh, which keeps the heat uh, on the top of your head. Very good for cold weather. So I just thought that uh, I'll get dressed up for a radio show today. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit underdressed, actually. Same here. here. <laughs> Same here. Everyone's coming to the studio going, look at this guy, Ed Armand. Yeah. Now, shall we jump into the... Uh, it is, uh, we had, we've had a bit of a technical issue here, so we're early, so you are on the panel, uh, and Guy Nespin has joined us. He'll be dipping in and out, I guess, because he is going to be doing the panel uh, for next week. Ed Armand's here. We also have Ali Jones. But shall we jump into... Uh, parts of the mailbag. Now, one of them uh, was uh, sitting on the floor. Now, we discussed this. There's a growing body of evidence that says sitting on the floor is beneficial, especially getting up, not using your hands. So we had Nikki Bazant on this, uh, alerting me to a New York Times article, the whole idea of, as you get older, um, the ability to get up without uh, aid is actually quite important. And we had a bit of um, response. And we had listener Sharish on the show. He said he sits on the floor all the time. He's a long-time listener. In fact, they have their family dinner on the floor. Well, I I couldn't do it. I tried it. And I had to be helped off the floor by uh, Mark Knopf Thomas, of all people. (laughs) It was a bit embarrassing. Um, but do you? I mean, what's what's your response to that? Well, it is it is quite useful because most of my life I have spent uh, eating food on the floor because you it's have. a cultural thing in Pakistan. You you put a cloth uh, uh, in between and on the two sides of of that uh, mat, people sit down and they sit down, cross their legs and uh, uh, eat food. So we are quite flexible. If you see people from Pakistan or India, uh, very flexible in our legs in terms of uh, sitting on a, in a yoga pose. And we can get up quite late, until quite late in age, without using our hands, just using the legs to just stand up. So if, if you're practicing right from the start, then it is quite helpful to uh, sit on the floor. Uh, but you, we, we just don't sit on the floor just yeah. chilling, but for eating purposes <laughs> and sometimes watching TV. So I, I feel a little bit like my world has been turned upside down with this because uh, nowadays you stand up at work. You, yeah. you stand, have your stand-up right. desk, and now, now we're being told to, to sit down to eat. <laughs> but, but I'm probably quite a reasonable candidate for sitting on the floor at the moment because I'm, I'm moving house and all my furniture has been taken away. So uh, I'm in that uh, stage of, um, of, of moving where I haven't got any furniture in the house. So maybe I can... Uh, I can try this out tonight. Well, this is very interesting um, because can I can I just um, it's, it's a personal thing, but uh, Ed, thanks for that. Guy, I have noticed that you do stand a lot in the office. What, why is that? Oh, I, I, I like the standing desk, yeah. and um, yeah, sitting down, and also nowadays your watch screams at you to get up. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. do. I, when I host Morning Report, um, which I do fill in um, every now and again, um, my watch is screaming at me by about sort of you know. Seven thirty. Get up! Is this time like, to get hey, man, I've, I've still got an hour and a half of this show to go. I've got to get an interview with the prime minister. What are you? But, but, um, do you do you stand up when you do morning report? No, I'm sitting. I sit where you where, where you, you sit. Pre- would you prefer to? Uh, yeah, I quite like that idea. I don't know. Something might fall over and break in the RNZ studio. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not terribly convinced. But I, I do. I, I sit down for that. But I, you, you do have a certain. It does change your your delivery and mm. your, um, your your dynamics depending on. On, I, on where you are. I think it is more active. I like uh, 
working when I'm uh, sta- you know uh, working and standing when I'm studying uh, or uh, or doing other things because it keeps your brain active for me because when I'm sitting down on a chair especially and working uh, every half an hour I want to take a nap for some reason so yeah, text coming through uh, gone great to have him on more often please Wallace we'll we'll, we'll see come on um, we'll see can I thanks Dad would, <laughs> I, I did tell him I was uh, <laughs> would, would you mind Ed if you because I did it on here okay i in front of the nation i tried to see if i could get up on the floor and i couldn't yeah uh i shamed myself would you i'm inviting you now to do it live yeah 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 i can do it okay yeah here cool. we go all, all right. right ed i'm on now uh comedian is uh gonna be sitting on the floor here he is he's got his hands above him here we go three two one Oh, and one. Look at that. <laughs> I'm not going to follow I, that I act. can't believe it. <laughs> and I'm a heavy guy. That's, that's <laughs> extraordinary. Well, let's bring in also, so we have Ed Amon also with us this afternoon. We have uh, Ali Jones from Red PR, Papua Nui Community Board Member Ali Kiura. Welcome to the panel. Afternoon, boys. Sorry I'm late. The traffic was hell. No, no problems at all. Great to have you on. You're not late. In fact, you're very much in time. You've heard the guys uh, here. He'll be joining us uh, in and out. And Ed's, Ed's here. Can you uh, get up off the floor, Ellie Jones? Yeah, I can. And um, I'm, I'm hypermobile. Have you heard about this thing, hypermobility? No. Okay, so hypermobility means that you're, well, as it sounds, you're just a bit more mobile. So I can still do the lotus, you know, the crossing of the legs one over the other. Nice. And at my age, I really shouldn't be able to do that. And so I can, I'm pretty flexible, strength is an issue, and I do do Pilates. So, um, and that's really helpful for that getting up off the ground thing. All right. Okay, now uh, let's look at the other mailbag stuff uh, because there was a lot today. would you support bringing back the overnighter? My mother uh, took me to the Wellington on the Silver Star. It was like being on a movie set. Very exciting. When we got there, we stayed in a lovely old wooden hotel. And the next day, woke up to a massive fire across the road in another old wooden building. Uh, here's another one. Wallace, I travelled Auckland to Wellington on the Silver Star in 1972. The sleeper cabin I had proved really comfortable and in the morning my breakfast was served to me along with a copy of the New Zealand Herald to read. So there's been quite a bit of response uh, about, you know, whether or not, Ali Jones, we should bring back uh, what's known as the overnighter. What do you think yeah, about well, that? Yeah, well, I mean, we had it down here as well. So we, um, what was ours called? Oh, well, the Southerner. <laughs> yeah, the Southerner. So, yeah, yeah, I think we had the Southerner. But we also had that, um, the ferry. So you could get on the boat in Littleton and, or the ship, you call it, or boat, on in Littleton and sleep on it. And it would take you to Wellington, I think, overnight. I'm a huge supporter of rail. I don't think we do enough in this country to, you know, address getting cars off the roads and freight off the roads uh, using rail. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm all for it. Brilliant. Is that something that you have you done the, the overnighter? Oh, I, d- I do remember getting the ferry out of Littleton um, really? when the unions were, hadn't hadn't stopped it. This must have been in the um, I suppose in the in the early eighties. Um, the unions were pretty strong at that point, and quite often you'd be on the ferry, and um, and the thing wasn't going to run until some some conditions had been met. I think um, Jim Knox was the head of the FOL or something, <laughs> showing my age. But um, yeah, I still remember how exciting it was to go by boat 
go uh, by ferry uh, and from, sleeping from, on it, eh? Yeah, from Littleton to Wellington. Very exciting yeah. as a Christchurch kid uh, to, to, to rock up in Wellington on the overnight. What do you think? Is, do, do you think there'd be demand for it? We say we like it, but do you think there'll be a demand? I think 12 hours... I think I think there will be I think there will be demand because it is something. The thing is that we have to be patient with it. The demand builds over time. We can't be analyzing the first couple of months and say, "Oh, it doesn't work," like we did the uh, Hamilton train. So it it needs to given be given time because it's something that I've grown up as well uh, with because my. Mother was from Sargoda in the north of uh, north of Pakistan, and my father was in Karachi. And every summer break, we used to take the uh, overnight train to Sargoda, and it was like a f- festive thing that you every station you stop, you eat something. Then it be, ah. it builds up like a station economy as well. People have <clears throat> stores and shops and mm-hmm. carts and hawkers and everybody. So it, it becomes like a it was very enjoyable. Time. How would you go on a meat pie though? I mean, that's what you'd be dealing with, <laughs> yeah. with in, in, in the New Zealand context. Yeah. I mean, you take the trains in Japan or something, you get on with a bento box and that's some right. cold sake or whatever it is that you're into, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and what do you have here? And in New Zealand, it's like oh, there's a packet of chips and a pie yeah. and a cup of tea. Um, it's not great. Nothing with a good yeah. pie, guys. No, yeah, yeah. no, we have come a long way. But I, I remember looking at the price to get... Um, I was thinking about doing it once, like the uh, Auckland to Wellington um, bus or train, but it was just extraordinarily expensive. Yeah. You, know, you could have taken two or three flights. I, 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 I took, um, what was it, 7am from uh, Auckland, 7pm Wellington, uh, to go to backbenches once and w- went with the director. And it was a real treat, you know, going the Rorimu Spiral. It was very, very cool. Now, uh, what, was, what, what else were you talking about? OK, what about this? David Cormack on the panel yesterday, he called skiing a rich person's sport and it got a lot of people's backs up. Here he is. I hate skiing. It's just a rich person's sport like polo. <laughs> Yeah. God, he knows how to poke the bear, doesn't he? I was okay. driving when I heard that. I was just about drove off the road. Right, OK, so here we are. Um, uh, skiing is a rich man's sport. Utter rubbish, says Robert. I've skied all my life alongside tradies, nurses, teachers, farmers, mm. pensioners, local iwi. Very few people I would call rich. Uh, another one here had 32 seasons. Lake Orho Ski Field uh, passes five to 700 bucks. Great sport. Not elitist, although another person said uh, uh, all my park uh, friends, uh, you know, a ski, and it very much is elitist. What do you think, Ali? No, well, I, I, it's absolute rubbish, actually. Um, I, I ski. I started again after 20 years of not skiing, and, wow, it's just so great to get outside and get some fresh air. And what I did was I bought secondhand gear. So it didn't, you know, it's not flash. It's really not flash, but I don't need anything flash. And then I bought um, a weekday Mount Hutt ski pass, and I can ski during the week because I work for myself, so I give myself some days off. Uh, and so it wasn't expensive for me. And so I just thought that that comment yesterday was basically left-leaning snobbery. And I hear that Whoa. sometimes. No, I do. I hear it. I hear the, you know, I hear it about private schools. I hear it about people driving expensive cars around. Oh, it's just a nonsense. But... You, you, you say that now, but then you go there and you look at the car park and there's a certain demographic, Ali Jones. Oh, no, Surely. I don't agree with that. I see utes there. I see beaten up old V-dubs there. You know, I go to the pack and save. I see some pretty flash cars there too. I mean, this tarring everyone with the same brush is just nonsense. Fair enough. Ed? Oh, I can't say I've never been because I'm, I'm a cricket person. <laughs> And how elite can you get more than cricket? So I, I don't have any face to say, um, you know, 
I have, no, I have no idea. It seems like a really, really fun thing to do, mm. but it might be hard on your knees or something. I, yeah, I, I look, know. I don't know, Guy. I, I haven't touched a ski pole myself. Um, I, I'd like, to, I'd like to go. See, it's interesting. My, I mean, wife, um, my wife does. She loves skiing. Yeah, Never I mean, been. Ellie might relate to this too. I mean, I, I remember um, back in the day, growing up in Christchurch, um, you go to fields like Broken River and the club fields, and mm. you get on some really dodgy lifts. One was called a Nutcracker, which probably doesn't <laughs> need a lot of um, explanation as to as what could go wrong with that toe, but there were um, some, some pretty ropey ones. Um, and, yeah, no, it mm. wasn't terribly elitist. It was pretty um, it, it was pretty all in. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like a lot of those things. It can be done a really high end, can't it? Yeah. You can go and have some big um, flash uh, ski experience. But, yeah, I think you can probably still do it, as Ali was saying, you know, relatively on the cheap. Now, um, let's get Wellington moving. So this seven point, this is uh, d- dipping into the mail back again, the $7.4 billion project to, well, get Wellington moving, uh, also making the Golden Mile car free that passed yesterday. Amy Hines, she represented the retail she was on. She said many retailers simply did not support it. Sarah says... Um, Wallace. I'm a resident of Tawanganui Atara and I am in favour of Get Wellington moving, especially making the Golden Mile car free. I no longer go to Courtney Place, in particular as it is a dreary, dirty and depressing area of an otherwise amazing city. Turning it into a place that prioritises pedestrian use over private vehicles would encourage me to visit and spend money. Um, what do you think, Ellie Jones? I mean, pedestrianising the city, this has been happening a lot in Christchurch, hasn't it? Yeah, and look, it's got its critics as well as its supporters. And if your person in the mailbag is uh, typical and is the majority, is in the majority, then yeah. But just because that person says it'll encourage me to go there, I don't think that's necessarily indicative of it of it totally working. What, what's the, what the issue is in Christchurch is often with the cycleways going and removing car parking. So there's this big focus on pedestrianisation and on cycling, which is cool. But actually, you do need to be able to get through and around a city. And by annoying people in cars to the point that they will get off the roads is not a way to do it. So I actually think the Wellington issue, unless they've got a way of getting people in and out, uh, you know, as in a monorail or shuttles or whatever, I think it's going to kill the city. They have got a way in and out. It's called buses. Uh, Oh, God, how reliable are those, though? You know, they're infrequent, they're expensive, they don't go where you want them to. Well, that's why Let's Get Wellington moving as a $7.4 billion project. You know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot lot more access. Uh, Basically, you're going to get a whole thousand more people going in front of those shops, Ali Jones, than now. Yeah, but the buses are still on the roads. We need to get everything off the roads. Build a monorail. Be courageous and, and um, you know, have some imagination. Put a monorail in, like what Sydney. Do you think, that Ed? would be exciting. I, I think I think a, a pedestrianisation will be is a good idea. But I I do think that there's all, all of a sudden there's like two sides of it. Or it it's something that uh, is is can be a bit nuanced because all these uh, the retailers obviously there's a fear that when the cars are not coming. Maybe we might have problems. We might have uh, less customers. So we have to cater to that fear and maybe have a proper conversation rather than saying that. Uh, I, I heard uh, David's comments yesterday as well. I know uh, I am in favor of having that uh, pedestrianized, but we got to listen and sit together and get it worked out. <clears throat> Indeed. Uh, And uh, as uh, I think David Cormack was saying, uh, a lot of uh, Australasian cities around, like Brisbane, they're all... Melbourne, 
great example, isn't he it? He was hungry. He was calling yeah. everything bananas. I don't know what, what was happening. <laughs> everything was bananas. It was bananas. Just passion, just passion. <laughs> and speaking of passion, you, you're clearly very passionate about this skiing thing. Um, come on. Of course skiing is elitist. My kids' rugby team costs about 50 bucks a season and a pair of boots, and some kids can barely afford that. Ellie. Sorry, and their point is? It is elitist. Oh, that is nonsense. Don't wind me up on this. I've already said what I'm going to say on it. You're just winding me up. Another one here, Glenn and Gisborne says, I'm a baker. I do four 10-hour days. I'm basically standing for nine hours. I'm kneading dough, pushing racks of bread for cooking into proofers. The proofer is a warm cabinet and speeds up dough rising. I'm always moving some part of the body. Anyway, at first I wore flat shoes and my legs felt buggered at the end of the shift. Now I wear steel cap boots with good heels. This is a game changer and my legs are no longer feeling stuffed at the end of the day. There you go. Can he get up off the floor, though? Well, that's yeah, like question. me. He didn't answer we, we that. Didn't, we didn't record. record. <laughs> it might have been a Guinness record. It was really, I was really fast. Yeah, you are very good, Ed. All right, there's lots to discuss on Friday's panel with Ed, Amon and Ellie Jones. Stay with us right here till 5pm.